You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today, we have a special guest missionary with us. Let's prepare our hearts as our guest missionary brings forth God's truths from his word today. Well, we are honored to be here for sure. And uh, it's exciting to be back in the United States of America. Amen. And uh, see uh, so many people uh, that speak English. I'm still catching myself. I will we'll be at a gas station or something, and somebody will be on the phone over here, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we went over here, blah, 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 blah. And I'll catch myself going, they're speaking English. I, I'm still doing that because I'm so used to people speaking English in Mexico being like, that's an odd thing. Um, but uh, we've really enjoyed being back, and uh, it's been an honor. And I just want to say thank you all so, so much for your prayers. I'm not going to go into detail about everything that went down with Gabriella because, to be honest with you, I don't want to relive that right now. <laughs> um, but just to, to put things in a nutshell for you, uh, to bring you up to speed, uh, she was having seizures and she would quit breathing uh, after she would have the seizure and I would have to perform CPR. The doctor said that she was not having enough oxygen uh, going to her brain, which was causing the seizures. So they gave her some medicine, which is helping the circulation in her brain so that she can receive more oxygen into her brain. That was a very long uh, weekend we spent in the hospital and a very long week after that, uh, being up most of the night, just, just watching her and checking on her. But your prayers have worked, amen, because she is doing well. She's doing so well. She's running around screaming and hollering and getting into trouble and being her cute little self, amen. <laughs> So I just wanted to say thank you all so much for your prayers with her, and thank you so much for your prayers uh, for our ministry there in Mexico, uh, in Zacatecas. Um, so I'm going to apologize now. If I start rambling off in Spanish, just stand up and do something like this, and I'll know what that means to go back to English. Um, but our ministry is doing well. The longer we're living in Zacatecas, the more I'm realizing how hard and difficult of a city that is. Um, does, how many of y'all watch Western, old Western movies? Okay, so you understand what a pueblo is, right? All right? Pueblo is just a little town in Mexico. And Zacatecas is actually the capital city of the state of Zacatecas, uh, but they're still in that pueblo mindset. They're still in that very small town mindset, very Catholic, and they're still a very hard, hard city to reach. Um, but, you know, I mean, like the song says, we're a nobody just trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. And uh, we're just going to keep on keeping on for the Lord. I've, I've looked back at the things that we have gone through since we have been in Zacatecas, since we've been in Mexico, and uh, I see the devil fighting us so hard. And from humanly speaking, I don't get it. Um, I really don't get it. But we're doing something to make him mad, so we're doing something right. Amen? <laughs> But we're glad to serve the Lord in Mexico, and we're, we're so glad to have people like y'all back here praying for us and supporting us. And thank you so much for your heart for missions, your heart for missionaries, uh, your zeal to want to, to support missionaries and see the gospel spread throughout the world. Uh, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? We're here to bring honor and glory to the Lord and spread the gospel 
to the far reaches of the world. I mean, God says to go into all the world, and that's what we do as a church. We send missionaries, we go to our neighborhoods, and we spread the gospel to as many people as we can. So thank you so much for your support, your prayers, and Brother Corsair keeping us up in front of the people as much as you do. We just, we appreciate that so much. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Joshua with me. Turn to Joshua. The flight up here was very good. Uh, it was very long and tiring. It was only three and a half hour flight from Zacatecas to Chicago. Uh, but with the baby on board, it's, it makes the flight twice as long. Uh, but it was fun. We, it, was, it was fun just watching Gabriella standing at the window watching all the airplanes go by in the airport and she was just a cutie. And uh, if you haven't got to meet her yet uh, after church there, I'm sure she'll be running around here with the rest of the kids. She's the cute one with all the curls, right? Amen. <laughs> Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7 is where we're going to be. If you have your place and if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Joshua chapter 7. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Typically, I don't know if y'all do this or not, but in our church down in Mexico, I'll read the first verse, then the congregation reads the second, so on and so forth, until uh, we're going to go through verse 26. All right, so is everyone ready? All right, here we go. Jo jo the Bible says in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 1, But the children of Israel committed a trespass uh, in, the, in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebedee, Mm -hmm. The son of Zerah and the tribe of Judah took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. I just have to stop right here and say that's that is beautiful. That is amazing, just hearing the congregation in unison reading God's word. Sorry, I just had to say that. Verse 3, And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up to smite Ai. And made not all the people to labor th thither, for they are but few. And the men of Ai smote uh, of I'm sorry. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they ceased them uh, from before the gate even unto Shed Shedam Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would, it, would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall in, uh, in, in Viren 
uh, us, uh, us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have been taken of the accursed thing, and have, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. kind of scary there, isn't it? Verse 13, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye have taken the accursed thing from among you. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath trespassed, uh, transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. And he brought up the family of Judah, and he took the family of Zeriites, and he brought the family of the Zerhites by, uh, by, uh, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and two hundred shekels of silver and a wedge of gold or fifty shekel, uh, of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of the tent and in the silver under it. And they took them out in the midst of the tent and brought them into Joshua and unto the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us. We thank you for your many blessings, for your mercy, for your grace. Ask now that you please meet with us and that you would fill me with your spirit and give me the exact words to say. And just help us all to get something from your word that we can take and apply to our lives and share with those around us. Fill us with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. And uh, I apologize, I do have a King James Bible, but if I pronounce some words funny, it's my Spanish has messed up my English. So it's, it's not my fault. Blame God for calling me to Mexico. Um, there's a saying we say every, every service, every time we have church in, in, our, uh, in, our, in our church, and it's God is good. All the time. Exactly. I would say God is good. The congregation would apply all the time. I would say all the time, God is good. And that is a, a, just a phrase that I learned younger. Many, it's a very popular phrase that many people know. But it's just something I want our people to remember. Uh, because in Mexico, the persecution uh, for leaving the Catholic Church and what, you might, what they would say being baptized into the Baptist Church would cause their family members to basically excommunicate them. And so by saying this over and over and over again, I want them to always remember that God is good all the time. No matter how hard the times may come, no matter how good things may be, God is always good. Amen? Here in this story, I'm sure is a familiar one, uh, Israel has just been involved in a great military conquest in their history and they just witnessed the tremendous defeat of the city of Jericho and they are still basking in that glory of that great event but verse 1 tells us that God was upset with the people they thought that they were standing on the edge of a great string of victories that that they that that, that would see them conquering the entire land of promise Yet, what they didn't know at that point was that there was a problem, that there was sin in the camp. Things are still the same today, are they not? We are all members of one body. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 26 and 27. says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member of uh, be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. When one member of the body has problems, it affects the entire body. So when, uh, what you do affects the entire church body. Sin causes problems. It comes, it causes them, uh, it causes uh, sin for the, or problems for the sinner and for everyone else around them. When we allow sin into our lives and we try to hide our sin and try to cover it up, we bring pain and trouble into our lives and to those around us. You see, we all have an aching heart at one time or another in our lives. Our sins cause aching in our lives and so often the lives of those around us. 
However, these verses tell us that God has a prescription for an aching heart. Number one, we see a painful defeat. A painful defeat. Israel was a conquered people. If you will, read with me verses 2 and 3 of chapter 7 here. Chapters two and, or chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside beth Aven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few." Israel, uh, like I said, was still basking in their victory from Jericho. And they looked at Ai and felt that this little spit of a town is going to be no problem after such a great victory there at Jericho. But Israel was, Israel was a confident people. But a closer look reveals that their confidence was misplaced. Look again in verse 3, And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make it not all, and make not all the people uh, to labor thither, for they are but a few. They didn't think that it was a big problem. It, they thought it was just a small town that they could conquer. Israel did not realize it, but they are living through one of the most dangerous times in their life. The time just after a great spiritual victory can be a very dangerous time. Often, like Israel, we will be overconfident and believe that we can handle any battle that comes our way. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Confidence is a good thing to have as long as our confidence is in the right place. Israel was also a conquered people. Look at verses 4 and 5. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote uh, of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebarim. And smote them in the going down. Thereof, uh, thereof the hearts of the people melted and became as water. They didn't even get past the gates because they, their confidence was in the wrong place. When Israel went up to Ai, they suffered a terrible defeat. And 36 men died. Now, now looking more closely at their actions, it's easy to see that they made several mistakes. Mistakes that many of us are guilty of making as well. Mistake number one, nowhere in the passage does it even hint that Jericho and the people of Israel sought the will of God for this situation in dealing with Ai. If they had prayed, God would have revealed the problem before people started dying, I am sure. It is far better to consult God before we make mistakes than it is to accept him to clean up our mess afterwards. There's a whole lot less heartache. Mistake number two, they didn't take the Ark of the Covenant into the battle with them. 
The Ark of the Covenant, as we know, symbolizes the presence and power of God amongst the children of Israel. They went into the battle on their own strength, and what happened? They failed. We try to fight the flesh and the devil on our own terms and in our power, own power, so many times. And what happens every single time we do it? We fail, just like the children of Israel did. We do not take the time to strengthen our walk with God. When we are walking with the Lord and in His Word, we should be. Uh, he, will go, he will go with us into the battle and face our enemies on our behalf. Mistake number three, Israel had their confidence in their own power and not in the Lord. They were not walking by faith, but they were guilty of trusting what they could do. They said, we just had this great victory in Jericho. Going to Ai is going to be a piece of cake. But they forgot where their confidence lied. They were relying on their own wisdom, their own intellect, and making their own decisions. We all need the Lord if we are to walk in spiritual victory in our own lives. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I'm sure almost everyone here could probably quote it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Joshua 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me... And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Israel was also a confounded people. Look with me in verse 5 one more time. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. For they chased them from before the gate even to that town right there, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. After their terrible defeat in the hands of Ai, the people of Israel were feeling the same fear that their enemies felt in Jericho. This is one of the problems with sin. Nothing is right in your life while you're there, while the sin is there in the midst of your life. Israel did not know that point, uh, at this point, what was wrong. Thankfully, God wants his people to have the victory and not defeat. So he takes the necessary steps to reveal to the nation of Israel just exactly where the problem lied. So we see a painful defeat. Not only that, we see a painful discovery. A painful discovery. Joshua and the elders, the leaders, reacted in prayer. Look with me in verses 6 through 9. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell on the earth upon, the fate, upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord, o Lord God, wherefore hast thou... Uh, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us to the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had, been we had been content and dwell on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies, 
For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall devour uh, us round and cut off the name of the earth. And what wilt thou do with thy great name? After this tragedy had happened, Joshua and the elders found themselves on their faces before the Lord in prayer. Verse 6. There's also a hint of maybe anger and accusation against the Lord. But they're going to learn that prayer is always the correct response in time of trouble. But that prayer will avail nothing until sin has been dealt with. Psalms chapter 66 and verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Joshua wonders why Israel was powerless in battle. He didn't get it. The answer wasn't to blame God or despite his will. The answer was in their own camp. After we had made decisions that brought after we have made decisions that brought with them terrible, terrible consequences, it is never the right time to accuse God of anything. In other words, it's your own fault, man. Whether there is a defeat in our lives, we need to look within to see where the problem is. Joshua and the elders reacted in prayer, and God rehearses the problem. Verses 10 through 15. While Joshua and Israel tried to figure out what was happening, God in heaven had already knows the details and tells Joshua about it. He tells him that there is sin in the camp of Israel and that, uh, and that it is this sin that's hindering his power and that it, it, uh, and it is what is bringing about their defeat. He also tells Joshua how to discover the guilty party. In these words to Joshua, God gives us some insight here into the sin in which we need to take note. Here are seven observations concerning sin and its effect in our lives. Number one, God already knows about our sin. Look at verse 11 with me. Israel has sinned, and they also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they, have even for they have even taken of the accused thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it, uh, put it even among their own stuff. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Hebrews chapter 14 and verse 13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The second thing is, God hates our sin. Verse 11 again. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I conformed them, that they have even taken of the accused thing and have also stolen the and dissembled also. And they have put it among their own things. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 19, or 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look. 
a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth evil imaginations, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. I'm sure everyone in here has been guilty of one of those things at one time or another in our lives. Number three, God has a plan. God has a plan for our sins. Notice verses 14 and 15 in our text. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that of the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof. And the family which the Lord shall, t- shall take shall come by households. And, sh- and the households which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accused thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a great God we have. Psalms 23 and verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Number four, God will punish our sins. Verse 15 again, and it shall be that he that is taken with the accused thing shall be burnt with fire. He and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You will reap what you sow. Number five, sin affects those around us. Sin affects those around us. Look at verses 11 and 12 again. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accused thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies." Because one person, the entire nation, could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accused. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accused from among you. Sin hinders, God, uh, I'm sorry, sin affects those around us. Your sin and my sin have the ability to drastically lower the spiritual temperature in our church. You ever been around those type of people that are just like spiritually depressed? And whenever you're around them, you start feeling depressed. Before too long, it just kind of grows and grows and grows and grows. That's what happens when, 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 we're, when we're in sin. It affects all of those around us. We are all one body, and what affects you affects me. What affects one person affects another. Because I don't want to be around a humbuddy. Amen? Right? (laughs) Also, 
sin hinders God's work. Look at verse 12. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before, uh, turn their, backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accused from among you. Sin hinders God's work. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58 says, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Number seven, sin must be dealt with. Sin must be dealt with. I hate drama. Do y'all hate drama? I hate drama. I'd rather be like, let's deal with it, get over with, move on. (laughs) Sin's the same way. We need to deal with it. Either you and I will deal with our sins or God will deal with them. But one way or the other, they will be dealt with. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 31 says, If we would judge ourselves, we should, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Often the greatest problems faced by the church comes from within and not from without. You see, it's, it's not the water on the outside of the boat that causes the problems. It's when the water comes inside the boat and it's the water inside the boat that causes the problems. Number three, we see a painful death. A painful death. Verses 16 through 26. In these verses, the wages of sin are put on clear display for all to see. For the wages of sin is death. We see the sinner discovered. Look with me at verses 16 through 18. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarhittites. How do you you say that? Zarhites? Zarhittites? Zarhites? We'll go with Zarhites. All right. And he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man, and Zabadi Zabadi was taken. God knew who was guilty. Why didn't he just tell Joshua who they were looking for? He was giving Achan time to repent and confess his sins. And if he had confessed and repented, things might have turned out differently. That's the way it is in the situation in God's church. But sooner or later, it will be dealt with. The lesson for us uh, needs to be learned and learned well. God already knows our sin. And his finger is getting closer and closer to our lives. And one day, soon, it will point us out. It is only a matter of time. It will not and cannot be hindered forever. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23 says, But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Not only was the sinner discovered, but the sin was discussed. Look with me in verses 19 through 21. And Joshua said to Achan, My son... Give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now 
what thou hast done. Hide it not from thee. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of the godly Babylonish, of, the, of a goodly Babylonish garment, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of fifty shekels of silver, then I coveted them, and took them, and behold, they are uh, hid in the earth in the midst of the tent, and the silver under it. Now that the sin is out and in the open, it has to be dealt with. So often in church, we don't want to do that. It's awkward, is it not? It's difficult to do. We don't want to do it, but it needs to be done. Notice the two aspects of this section. The compassion that Joshua has to Achan in verse 19. When Joshua spoke to Achan, he speaks with love in his heart. He knows that Achan is condemned, but Joshua still cares about this man who brought so much trouble in Israel. That's the way we should try to deal with our brothers and sisters who have sinned, with love and compassion. Even though man is the enemy of God, God still wants man to repent and come to him for salvation. We also see the second part of this, the confession, in verses 20 and 21. Achan finally confessed his sin. However, don't believe for a second that Achan repented. You ever met those people? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. And they turn around and do the same thing. Drives me insane. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I did that. And then they turn around and just do the same thing over again. That's not a repentive heart. That's just trying to get out of trouble. Uh, like I said, Achan finally confessed his sins. However, we don't, don't believe that Achan, for a second, that Achan repented. He's like some, some others in the Bible, only confessed their sins after he got caught in them, but was never in real repentance. God wants man to be open and honest about his sin in his life and for him to confess the things to the Lord with a repentive heart. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God's way for his people to throw the covers, uh, I'm sorry, God's way is for his people to throw the covers off their sins and tell God the truth that he already knows he can bless a person who handles sin the biblical way. However, a person who tries to hide his sin will never prosper, but will face God in judgment. You will confess your sins one way or another. You can confess them uh, where the confession will make a difference, or you will do it one day standing before the Lord in judgment. Note the progression of Achan's sin in verse 21. When I saw among the spoils of the goodly Babylonish garment, the 200 shekels of silver, the wedge of gold, the 50, she uh, 50 shekels, then I coveted them. So it started with the coveting. Then I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of the tent and the silver under it. 
it was, uh, it was and will be this way nearly any instance of sin that you can name. Another problem that Achan had that we find in verse 21, Achan calls the things he took were spoils, spoils of war, booty, loot, whatever word you want to use it. Uh, it was what he thought was spoils of war. The word refers to uh, what they receive when an army conquers and can claim after victory. However, these things are not spoils. God says in chapter 6, verses 18 through 19, that these things were his, that they were to be placed within the treasury of the Lord's house. So Achan didn't receive these spoils. He was stealing from God. Achan was guilty of stealing from the Lord. Are you guilty of that sin? Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 says, Will God rob will man rob God? Yet he have yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Notice this that Achan had things buried in his tent that he could not use. He knew it was sin to take them, and he hid them knowing that he couldn't use them without revealing his sin. So in other words, he stole these things and he couldn't use them and they were pointless to have. We also see that the sinner is destroyed. Verses 26, 22 through 26. These verses give us the sad conclusion to the tragic tale. Achan and all that he had were taken out and stoned to death by the people of Israel. Now, it did not have to end this way. These verses demonstrate the horrible end that, uh, of all sinners who refuse to repent and come to God. The name of the valley was called Acre. The word means trouble. Friends, if you are going to sin and never repent you need to know that you are headed for nowhere but trouble. Sin that you have not repented of, sin in your life, you need to know that your sin is a hindrance to the church. Preacher, I love looking out of the congregation and not recognizing half of them. That's a good thing. There, that means there's more people coming in. That's so awesome. I love that. Please, please, for the sake of the church, if you have unconfessed sin, confess them to God because it will hindrance the work of God here. Notice verses 24 and 25. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his, and his sons and the daughters and his oxen and his asses and the sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought unto them the valley of Acre. And Joshua said, uh, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 16 says, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. Achan's wife and children, they knew about the sin. They knew what was going on, 
and they participated in it. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 15 says, And I will give her, and I will give her her vineyards from thence, in the valley of Acre, for a door of hope, and she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, and as the day uh, when she came up to the land of Egypt. The promise here is that this place of trouble could become a door of hope. The same is true in conquering your sins. The altar can literally become a door of hope for you right now if you will come and cleanse yourself before the Lord. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.